very warm welcome to all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Hi Anushka and Aviva, it's a pleasure to have you. Hi Ashish, thank you so much for having us. Uh, super excited to be talking to you about everything therapies and mental health related. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And really, really excited to really get deeper into just what the mental health care sector is even looking like right now, because I think that's a conversation that's not really being had nearly as much as it should be. Wonderful. So let's get started by knowing you guys first, Anushka. Uh, so Ashish, I began my career in UX design, uh, did a lot of user research, a lot of, um, you know, UI and UX related app design. And I think that's where I really kind of stumbled upon my love for connecting with customers, um, as well as truly building products that are informed by, um, you know, people's core needs. And that kind of translated into the social impact sector for me as my next step, where I actually met Aviva. So I was at Dasra then for two years, which is India's largest strategic philanthropy consulting organization. Um, and I was really lucky there to work across a bunch of mental health care projects, actually, uh, more in the public sector, along with kind of some of the biggest foundations globally. And that's really where, you know, my interest in mental health moved from just something that is personal to um, a professional interest as well. Um, and, you know, that's where kind of you and I met. And when the pandemic started, you know, we really saw a massive gap that we felt we had been equipped to um, fill given just the ex- expertise and experience we'd had so far. Wonderful. And what about you, Aviva? Yeah. So um, like Anushka mentioned, uh, the two of us met at Tasra, which is a strategic philanthropy organization. But prior to that, I was working at um, a consulting organization. So worked a lot, um, worked within an incubator, within a larger consulting organization. So worked across the space of content, product management, product development, research, sales, marketing, etc. So got a pretty, um, you know, quick glimpse into what the startup space also looks like um and yeah decided to kind of then after i met anushka tasra i was working with her on a bunch of mental health projects um and like she mentioned very similarly mental health has always been um a cause that I felt very strongly about personally. And I did have some sense of wanting to do something within that space. Uh, but then I think with the timing and the projects that I worked on uh, through Dastra um, is when I feel like we, I decided to want to do something more, uh, you know, pursue it as a career and do something about it professionally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story of uh, how Anshka and I met and why we started Therapize. What was, you know, uh, so you mentioned you guys were working together and then sort of Therapize sort of came into existence. So did you guys had any sort of structure or thought to it, you know, how you guys want to uh, tackle mental health? What, you know, how does it look like in current, you know, in the current version versus what you guys started, how it has sort sort of shifted uh, your idea, your vision, etc.? Yeah, so um, the way in which it began is we kind of started this right around the same time that the pandemic hit, right? So around March 2020 is um, when both, I think we all actually found ourselves in a collective mental health crisis of sorts, right? Just trying to make sense of, okay, this new world order and this new normal and how to navigate it, the uncertainty was, you know, 
uncertainty, anxiety, all of that was at an all-time high. And I think um, both of us personally were looking for therapists then, along with a lot of our friends as well. Um, and that's when we realized that there's just a huge gap in the space, right? We didn't even know where to begin looking for a therapist. Um, and very similarly, I think our uh, within our personal networks, we had people echoing the same sentiment. Um, and this is fairly, you know, this is people that are residing in tier one metro cities in India um, who have access to the relevant resources, but still didn't know where to begin their search to find a therapist. And that's when Anushka and I just got talking about it. And we realized that, okay, there is, a, there, is there are a lot of people talking about destigmatizing mental health, right? And um, there's definitely... We, while we've made progress on that front, a long way to go. But what happens after, you know, what happens next? How do we actually act on it, right? And that's when we realized that the process of seeking therapy in itself is broken in India. Um, and so we, you know, ran a bunch of surveys, did a lot of market research, spoke to a bunch of therapists and therapy seekers in this space to better identify and zero in on exactly what the process-related gaps are um, and understood that people, A, don't know where to begin finding a therapist, uh, B, don't even know how to, what that process should look like once they've started therapy. And in fact, people don't even know sometimes what kind of help they need. Um, so that's when we decided to put together a very simple uh, repository where we had um, where we kind of did robust due diligence on uh, therapists in India and put together a, a repository of just about 15 therapists and now today we have about 120 therapists across a variety of areas of specialization budgets geographies um, and all of that and I think so primarily therapies initially started with the focus very simply on just helping connect people to therapists in a more seamless manner and fix those process-related gaps. And I think now what we've understood after being in the space for about a year, year and a half, is that while therapy is, of course, an extremely critical part of uh, providing adequate mental health care, um, we've also noticed after speaking to a lot of our consumers is that what they're also looking for is more sustainable and scalable forms of mental health care, right? So um, mm -hmm. often, you know, of course, therapy is fairly inaccessible to a large percentage of our population right just in terms right. of the structure because you have to pay say week on week for a therapy session mm -hmm. and that does tend to accumulate and build up right mm -hmm. and then what happens on days when you don't have a therapy session scheduled with your therapist but you're still facing you know just experiencing a bad day or still need additional support what do you you know what do you engage with then? I think so slowly what Therapize has, you know, started to evolve into is becoming that one-stop shop for all things mental health care, not just therapy, right? So we have a bunch of support groups as well, where people can come together and share um, whatever it is they're going through and just know that they're not alone and they have a support system that they can rely on. And that we've seen is super effective, especially in a society like India, right? Where we rely so heavily on our support systems and our families and our friends. Um, and we've also, you know, played around with in the uh, play around with a bunch of self-help tools and introduce some of those as well so I think while we started off as um, you know our focus was more narrow on just helping people seek therapy and now I think it's broadened a bit to make it a more holistic and integrated solution 
uh wonderful so i'll share my experience i think i mentioned uh before the call when i was talking to anushka right so uh, my first experience was in terms of therapy so one of our investors started to run sessions every month for all the founders in their portfolio company and that was my first uh sort of interaction session into this sort of space and it turned out to be really amazing i must say right i mean uh, um and uh, i think that was my sort of an introduction into you know therapy and sort of the support groups and everything else so how do you guys sort of uh, you know uh, try to promote or how do you try to uh, as mentioned by viva also destigmatize yeah i think that's an amazing question ashish because you know like you're saying for a lot of folks in india still um therapy is a pretty alien concept right uh, i think a lot of people would relate with you especially startup folks that you know very often our mental health care becomes the last thing you're thinking about because there's mm-hmm. so many external goals pressures on you um so much exciting stuff to build out right that it can sort of be difficult to prioritize really checking in with yourself and getting the mental health care you need and i think you know very early on we spoke with about 1000 uh, therapy seekers like even before we began uh, anything around therapies at all way before we had a name or anything like that right and we truly just wanted to understand this problem better to really kind of get a sense of what is stopping people who are fairly educated who you know have big dreams big goals who are building really exciting things otherwise you know in the rest of their life what is really getting in the way of them seeking the mental health care they need right because we observe that across other forms of care especially when it comes to physical health care it seems quite intuitive to a lot of us that you know if i have a cold and i have a fever if it doesn't go in a few days i have to get to my doctor you know right um and with mental health it's just not the same at all so i think our path towards destigmatization has taken a couple of different routes right but i think the most important piece for us has been keeping content um at the center of everything that we do uh because we realized very early on that for people therapy does feel like a very very big step often um and in order to make them feel comfortable in order to make them feel safe it's important to first help them understand what that process even looks like um and just help them feel like they aren't alone right mm-hmm. um and so our content has been a huge vehicle to do that and really kind of meet people where they are right so to give you an example a lot of our users will share that they have been following therapizes work across social platforms across our blog for at least 2 to 3 months before they actually choose to go ahead and pick a therapist um and then once they pick a therapist they're a repeat user that's constantly kind of coming back because of the ease of the interaction right so i think for us destigmatizing has happened from ground zero to really say you know we're not just looking at people who are ready for therapy but we're looking for people across the spectrum that might think something is not okay might not know what's going on um but we want them to know that you know you're not alone in this and we are building solutions for folks who um aren't quite sure about what's happening to them on a mental health level yet so i think that's been huge in terms of destigmatizing and also creating direct access to professionals and and how do you reach uh 
to all the people what is your preferred way uh, you know to communicate through content i mean which ha- what channel if i can ask so it, it has been most effective so sure, so sure. so what's been the most effective for us has actually been instagram you know very early in actually a week into posting uh, you know first five posts we actually went viral so we had 5000 followers in the first week and then we went up to around 15000 followers Um, within just the first two, yeah, the first two to three weeks, um, I think honestly, Ashish, it's just that the need was so immense that people were just grateful to have any kind of service that's trustable that they could share with their friends or with people that weren't doing so well. And because we launched around the time of also the pandemic really being heightened, um, I feel like that need was bigger than ever. So very quickly. we were getting picked up by big platforms uh, we were getting picked up by huge influencers and you know we are a totally bootstrap business so we've paid zero for any kind of marketing it's all just been organic word of mouth as well as um, truly you know based on sort of the value we're providing so that's been really exciting for us that's amazing and you know uh, uh, aviva you want to add something to it Yeah just one quick point is i think one thing we also noticed very early on is that when we're destigmatizing mental health it's really important to also contextualize it right so mm-hmm. one thing that we started doing is um a first understanding that mental health is super is really grounded in social culture social cultural frameworks right so for instance we put out a lot of south asian focused um cultural mental health content which say often so say just around like navigating family dynamics right navigating relationships with parents um and i think what we saw very early on is that a lot of south asian diaspora also connected with our content um and 13% of our user base as it now is international users um so that was also very effective in helping us uh talk more openly about mental health and really connect with the right kind of target audience because often folks south asian say living abroad um aren't necessarily able to connect with um some of the professionals there because there is that cultural disconnect right that comes in so we found that to also be super helpful and as opposed to just using models that have and you know narratives that have worked well in the west i think we really decided to contextualize it very specifically to india and more broadly south Asia. That's a great point, uh, Aviva. So, uh, uh, do you uh, do you guys plan to? So, w- what's your focus in terms of right? Uh, do you want to uh, go beyond India, have more international uh, uh, people uh, on board, or what is your plan in terms of uh, in terms of setting targets, or in terms of you know what is the target audience you're looking to uh, cater to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Happy to take that question, Ashish. So I think for us, very organically, we first began with um, more tier one users who are between the ages of eighteen to around thirty-five. I think that was an amazing learning journey, just to understand, you know, what are the various sort of mini cohorts even within this one um, demographic and cohort. And I think through serving. some of these users in the past year we also realized that actually 13% of our current customer base is also international and um, you know it's a lot of diaspora folks who like we were saying don't find that cultural fit right i think as we evolve 
the goal has always been to really scale up our services to be south asia's um and to begin with south asia and really be a care provider for south asia that um is able to deliver not just high quality therapy sessions but across the board wellness solutions for um folks you know across their mental health care journey um so i think really for us definitely tapping into other asian countries is um a medium term focus and then you know obviously eventually i think would be great to also have a global presence um but to begin with because we see that this need is so contextualized to south asia we do want to start there um so that's on the kind of more global front within india itself we are also looking at penetrating more tier 2 markets tier 2 tier 3 um again you know avivana keeps saying just because it's not spoken about as much doesn't mean that people in tier 2 tier 3 city, cities and you know other smaller towns aren't struggling with their mental health um and so i think for us really moving from just um an urban audience and we've already kind of done that because we have a fair amount of customers now from tier 2 cities um a lot of other smaller towns and i think expanding on that focus more and really bringing in more vernacular content as well is definitely a focus area mm-hmm. so um two things which comes to my mind the first is uh, uh when you're sort of transitioning or already catering to tier 2 or tier 3 cities how does you know uh the affordability of pricing works right uh, do you have you seen any sort of resistance coming in or you know how do you try to uh, uh have as much as many people as possible on board that's point one and the second part of my question is what is your business model at the end of the day right you're connecting uh the people uh with the therapist right or through support groups uh but it could be case right if for example um uh, someone is talking to a therapist they might go directly to them also so what is your exactly the business model yeah so i think ashish i'll first you know just answer your first question around mm-hmm. affordability yes that's a huge that's one of the biggest challenges in the space honestly um i think even in metropolitan cities right we face that problem um while of course it it is um i think the paying capacity is obviously definitely higher i think that's a challenge across the board uh just because of the way in which therapy is designed we feel like um because you're doing you know therapy sessions week on week like i mentioned earlier it does tend to add up even mm-hmm. for say a working professional in a city like bombay it does tend to add up especially if it's not a priority right so mm-hmm. i think it's a combination of destigmatizing it and bringing the conversation front and center around a how important it is to invest in something like this right that's that's the first part of it i think the second part of it is um really where therapy is looking to step in because we notice this as a massive challenge right is that we need to redesign the way in which therapy works and what that process even looks like week on week therapy often is not always sustainable for um you know most individuals so how do we really integrate more sustainable and scalable models of care and that's really where these support groups and you know our digital toolkits um and you know more like mini therapy pathways all kind of grounded in content expert led content is what we want to bring to the table um 
and so that's striking that right balance between emphasizing on um talk therapy but also simultaneously providing enough and more access to some of these other more sustainable tools um through which you can engage with your mental health care so that's really how we see it you know how we see uh therapies evolving and really being able to tackle this affordability challenge um and i think more specifically speaking what we have tried to do through therapies is with our 120 plus therapists that we now have uh we offered a lot of diversity right so we have therapists ranging from say charging 500 bucks an hour to all the way to 3000 rupees right so i think that diversity gives people the choice of who what kind of therapist they want to go with depending on their paying capacity and their ability to pay for a session of therapy week on week um so that's really how we're trying to as of now tackle this problem but definitely i think affordability is a key gap that we need to tackle and i think most mental health players are trying to do that especially in a country like india when we're looking to penetrate tier 2 tier 3 cities um yeah anushka if you would like to add anything feel free to. i think quick point i'd like to add here ashish is that yeah much like aviva said affordability is a huge focus area for us but what our user research has also indicated is that for most people therapist fit is a greater priority than affordability um which means that you know while of course we are trying to build out a much more affordable solution in the future as well i think we don't want to let go of that element of personalization and therapist fit and connection because a lot of our users say that you know while they've seen a lot of cheaper therapy alternatives they don't always feel like the quality they're getting or the kind of uh, due diligence there is with the care providers is up to their standards so i think for us what's exciting is that we've been able to crack the first part which is really bringing in high quality vetted therapists through sort of a process of our own that's almost been you know we've we've had many iterations of our due diligence process we've got some senior psychologists on board who have helped us craft that out um so as we move forward i think for us it's a balance between obviously kind of creating affordable solutions and making them more sustainable but maintaining a really really high quality standard so if i look from um user perspective right if i go to your platform or any other um in terms of so um how do i go about selecting a therapist right you mentioned you have from um, uh, uh they can be charging anywhere from 500 to 3 a uh, couple of grand but the how does someone go about identifying uh, wherein in step 1 they are very unsure of the process or uh, they are not very familiar for example uh, could be the case for uh, many of them so how does someone go about from a from a user perspective in identifying what is right for them uh, who is the right therapist for them yeah no ashish that's a great question i think that was one of the biggest i think that's really the premise um that therapies was based on right like starting therapies is people don't know where to find the right therapist and how to mm-hmm. assess which therapist is the right one for themselves mm-hmm. um so we actually have a matchmaking tool which we now very much in the process of kind of refining and iterating on um it's basically a simple therapist matchmaking tool where anyone that's looking for a therapist can come to therapies um and fill in their preferences in terms of what kinds of therapists they're looking for right so whether that's uh and these preferences can are 
know, can range from their budget preferences to areas of specialization that they need support with. What kind of therapists are they looking for from a demographic perspective? Is it someone that has a certain number of years of experience? Is it someone, do they have a gender preference, for instance, right? Um, so we factor all of that in. And then, accord, and then with, um, you know, using, it's, it's basically an algorithm-based uh, uh, system that we have in place and after mm-hmm. someone has inputted their responses we accordingly match them to top three therapists that we feel like would be a would be a good fit right mm-hmm. given what they're looking for and then after that they can go ahead and seamlessly kind of reach out to a therapist book an instant appointment with them and then continue on with that process um if say you know they are looking for additional therapists on our you know uh, on our repository we have pretty much everything that you need to know about a therapist everything from there where they've you know studied their areas of specialization even what a first session with them looks like um and you know even like demographics that they specifically work with if they have any certifications in a specific area whether that's say queer affirmative therapy or trauma-informed therapy so we've been very clear from the early on that we want to be super transparent about all of this give give our users all the information that they need to make an informed decision and we also simultaneously always have the matchmaking tool if they need additional support with that right um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how we help bridge that uh gap that currently you know people typically face when it comes to seeking finding the right therapist for themselves um another thing that a lot of users have told us right is why therapize over any other mental health care platform is just the sheer diversity that we offer them so oftentimes you go ahead with a therapist um you'll do a couple sessions maybe one or two and feel like okay this therapist is not the right fit. then where do you go but because we have such a diverse repository of therapists they can often come back to a therapist and be like okay that therapist maybe wasn't a good fit there are you know, 119 more that I can look at. Um, so I think that's been really helpful in terms of just what we feel like has worked well and what people are really looking for when it comes to addressing the challenge of finding the right therapist. Got it. Uh, and circling, I'm just circling back to my one of the previous points. So, um, so what is your business model, right? So if I go select one therapist, right? Uh, how do you control uh maybe control is not the right word how do you make sure you know the customer stays on board with you and not go on to the independent path directly or etc etc so have you faced certain challenges in retaining uh, your user base anushka sure i think ashish that's a great question and we spent a fair amount of time sort of figuring out a business model that was both strategic but also inclusive of our care practitioners best interests um, so our current business model has a couple of different aspects. So we engage with B2B as well as B2C as of now, while B2C is the majority part of our business. Um, within that B2C kind of um, tenant and aspect, we basically go into a couple of things, right? So when it comes to our one-on-one therapy sessions, again, our research indicated that for therapists, discoverability was the biggest challenge. But along with discoverability, another huge challenge was a lack of standardization when it came to basic business operations. So what I mean by that was, you know, a lot of our therapists said that they were spending up to seven hours a week on administrative tasks. This could be, you know, following up with a client up to three to four times on WhatsApp for a payment. 
this could be generating invoices themselves um, this could be you know setting up google meets links or zoom links you know dealing with issues around that mm -hmm. this could mean you know no shows like a lot of logistical right. concerns essentially mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um for us that was really interesting to hear because again we felt like these are fairly simple challenges to work through with you know a tech-led perspective um which is why we then decided to actually not just build a platform for discoverability but also build a practice management solution mm -hmm. so Currently, our solution on the front end is, of course, a discoverability marketplace platform, right? Mm -hmm. But what makes it sticky from the therapist end is that we essentially act as a practice management solution for them, where, you know, we essentially sort of manage their entire um, schedule, their care schedule, and we're able to also give them more free hours that they can actually practice in or, you know, take time off if they need to sort of recuperate. And so that actually has led to us having almost a 50% recurring customer rate, um, which has been really, really good to see because, you know, to us, that means that the value of the platform is clear. Obviously, in the long term, we do also want to have uh, more stickiness and bring in a lot more value for the therapists, which is why also, we're also looking at sort of, you know, therapist community building initiatives, because again, what we've seen and where we've had first mover advantage, I feel, has been that we're one of the only platforms currently in this space that's not just built a community of highly engaged users, but also highly engaged therapists. Um, and I think given the fact that, you know, these are some of our best care providers in the country right now, having that community really building for them allows us to scale in a way and, you know, handle a supply demand gap in a way that I think it's quite different from what other people in the market are doing right now. Mm -hmm. Great. And, and one, sorry, one quick thing, Ashish, to just get into the B2B vertical as well, because I know I mentioned yes. that. I think that's been a more nascent vertical, and Aviva can add to that because she's been leading that vertical. But to put it very simply, you know, during the pandemic, we started seeing a lot of organic requests from corporates who were mm. seeing that their employees were not doing well uh, whose leadership needed support to sort of nourish and nurture, uh, you know, the workplace culture. And so we've actually been, um, you know, working with companies like Google, WeWork, a couple of social impact companies like the Good Business Lab, amongst others, um, curating, you know, workshops as well as one-on-one -on -one therapy offerings. So that is also a part of our business model. The next thing which sort of comes to my mind is, right, so as an entrepreneur founder, right, uh, uh, if I'm operating in a particular space, I, I, I see, you know, there are certain people, organizations, which I really admire, right, in terms of be in the podcast business or the other sort of businesses. So from your perspective or, uh, you know, which are those sets of companies or initiatives which you are seeing, which, you know, uh, you really admire, you, maybe you want to implement or the competitors, India globally, you know, uh, which you track, which you appreciate, uh, you know, uh, if you wanted to share uh, on those lines, something. Ashish, I honestly love that question because Aviva and I discuss this a lot. And I think one of our favorite things about how nascent the mental health care space in India is, um, is that, you know, honestly, it's a very collaborative space. You know, we've spoken to pretty much, you know, all the founders that are, you know, doing something exciting in 
mental health care, especially in Southeast Asia right now. And they've all been wonderful, honestly, super receptive. Um, and I think personally for us, we definitely see therapies also evolving into being more of a full stack wellness provider, right? And so that being said, you know, a couple of names that for us have been um, really, really promising. One is Intellect. They're a Singapore-based mental health care startup. Um, and they've just, you know, they're doing fabulous work. They've just basically built out a really interesting CBT tool. Um, they also provide full stack services across the mental health care spectrum. Um, but it's been exciting for us to see how they're scaling their services, especially in the B2B realm as well. Um, and then within India itself, you know, I think there's a couple um, there's Being, who's doing great work. Um, again, they have kind of more of a CBT tool-led model. Um, and so I think it's been really, really sort of exciting to see how they're growing that. And I think they truly bring authenticity to a lot that they do, which has been great to see. Um, and I think besides that, in terms of some of the other more nascent players that are coming in, We've also been looking at um, a fairly young company called Now and Me, and they are looking at anonymous uh, communities of care, which is really, really exciting and interesting as well. So I think to my mind, these are sort of some of the top folks that we're looking at um, and who were quite inspired by. Aviva, anything else you want to add in there? Yeah, um, no, I think just I, I feel like there are also a lot of um, great companies in the states i think those they've mm -hmm. also been for us because it's a significantly more mature market i think for anushka and i that those models are honestly truly aspirational i think that's really where we'd ideally want to take therapies you know um and also create that market in india because there's immense potential so there's an organization called real that's also doing fabulous work around just in fact their whole model is centered around um, the fact that you know, you can engage with your mental health independently and therapy, especially in the States, right? It's like say $300 an on, on, uh, per hour on an average, right? So how do you still make therapy super accessible for someone that isn't able to pay that much, you know, um, week on week? So their entire model is so content centric. They've curated these amazing pathways on like everything from anxiety to body image to, you know, sexuality um, and a host of kind of great speakers that they get on board week on week. It's almost like a version of Clubhouse, I'd like to say, but for mental mm -hmm. health. And they've done a phenomenal job and like they pivoted completely. I think they were going to start these like cent physical centers um, wow. where people could come together and, you know, for workshops, etc. But then I think that's when the pandemic hit. So they pivoted completely and transferred all of this online and to like an entirely digital model. So I think that's also been so inspirational to see just how they kind of pivoted and was so agile about, um, you know, their model after the pandemic hit. Oh, that's, that's, that's great to know. Thank you for sharing. Uh, uh, and just uh, last couple of few things. So in terms of what is your, um, uh, I mean, uh, when you start an organization, right? I mean, there are different phases toward, towards it, right? From identifying maybe how do you reach out to more customers? Uh, how should the pricing be done, et cetera, et cetera. So for you guys, what has been the biggest challenge in building therapies? Uh, Aviva? Yeah, so... Sure. So I'll take this and Anushka, obviously, feel free to add um, 
I think for us, honestly, it's so specific to the industry because mental health is so nascent, um, especially in India. There is, and it's just an extremely unregulated space, right? So there's just a lack of data and information in general on any industry benchmarks, whether that is, you know, specific gaps in the space, whether the, or, you know, just how therapists, um, you know, like in terms of finding any information on them, right, in terms of how they, what are typical trends, you know, what are we seeing them kind of now starting to focus on, um, or even just access to basic certifications. I think it's significantly limited. So while, of course, there's immense potential then there for us to plug in and like, you know, fill a gap, um, I think it's been hard to step back and really understand trends, right? Because this is such a nascent space that we don't really have much data to rely on in terms of what works, how are users, you know, kind of changing their behavioral habits over the years. Um, and I think this is slowly picking up and I'm hoping, say, in the next five to 10 years, we have more data, more research on this to understand how we can really focus on what users want and then how we can plug that gap so i think just the lack of data and information available in fact i feel like with therapies you know given that we have so many therapists and we've spoken to so many care seekers mm-hmm. um it's definitely a space we'd like to explore right to, to put our research out there because i think we've been able to amass a ton of research by talking to all our users so if you've interacted with the therapies you have received some sort of communication from us in the form of an email or a call to just understand your experience right and i think we've had to do like really double click on that a lot more than say if we were in any other industry because there just is a lack of information around user behaviors user trends um and similarly on the supply side as well so i think that's been a big challenge for us Mm-hmm. And Anushka, from your perspective? Sure. I think actually from my perspective, so I think like Abiba said, the biggest one has definitely been that lack of data. But I think honestly, above that, something that, you know, I feel like we figured out fairly well now, but that has definitely been challenging is that, you know, we are both startup founders as well as people who are incredibly passionate about mental wellness, right? And I think often just given the kind of demands that there are of, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a startup founder, being an early stage startup, it can be so difficult to truly prioritize yourself and, you know, quite simply sort of do exactly what you're preaching, right? Which is caring for your own mental health care and building a company that is truly aligned with your own values. And I think for Viva and I, that's meant really getting better at work-life boundaries and having better balance as well you know for example like there's a lot of weeks where we'll spill into working over the weekend as well just because and i'm sure you know this there's always something that has to be done right there's always something to firefight um and in that sense you know i think for us it's taken a while to really kind of prioritize our own health as well but we can also see the returns that brings, you know, I think now, for example, if there's like a momentary need to work on a weekend, um, we'll do it, but we'll do it with more awareness. And we try to keep things, you know, within work hours, we try to make sure that our team is also not working um, way beyond what we feel is appropriate. So I think that's been a challenge, but I feel like I'm quite proud of how we've done on that front. 
uh, I can relate to that point so much. I mean, uh, from work or even I have started identifying tools which can stop me from using social media or opening emails. Otherwise, if you just see, oh God, there will be something which needs your attention and it's just, it it is never ending. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, um uh, that's that's uh, wonderful uh so to wrap it up uh, you know uh, one of my favorite questions i always ask uh, so if you were to uh, start back from scratch right go back in time uh, when you were building therapies so for each of you uh, uh, aviva and uh, anushka what would you have done differently you know uh, uh, looking at you know you have been running it for year and a half or so or so so uh, what is that one thing which you knew beforehand and you wanted to do differently so go for it i think one thing is top of mind i feel like i'm sure there are many more that will come to mind later but <laughs> top of mind right now is um i'd say i think because of the way in which therapy started it was all honestly like anushka mentioned at the start like we just we we started this repository and then we just kind of went viral over a couple weeks and i mean while we're super grateful for the kind of traction that we saw and that's really what led us to then quit our jobs and pursue this full time because we were like okay hey we've definitely stumbled upon something um i feel like that process was maybe a little rushed and i think if we had and i think because of the traction that we were getting we had to very quickly kind of respond to that demand right whether that meant mm-hmm. onboarding more therapists early on you know in a very quick and agile manner or that meant say putting out more support groups because that is what our consumers were telling us that they wanted to you know to see more of um so i think we were responding very well to demand and to what the market was telling us they wanted more of but what that meant is we were not able to pause um adequately from time to time to really set up those like basic fundamental systems and processes that we wanted to right internally mm-hmm. um i think in the, so i feel like that is something i would have wanted to do differently whether that is just i mean honestly more from an ops perspective whether that's mm-hmm. setting up our financial processes our you know just crm processes and mm-hmm. even sales you know sops etc cetera, etc cetera. i think of course while we've been able to now do that gradually i think it would have been good to step back or like have had had that time i think to step back and really set up our basics in place um so i think that would that's i feel like one thing one learning for me or something that i would personally do differently very specific to therapies mm-hmm. yeah. and what about you anushka yeah i think ashish this question for any entrepreneur is like you could talk about this for hours right? <laughs> like hindsight yeah. really gives you so much wisdom um and i i completely echo what aviva said as well i think you know really over indexing on processes is something i wish we had done but i mean we got a lot of learnings through that as well i think one thing personally that i feel um would have been great if we had done earlier on is you know a lot of our focus in the very very early days went into stuff like what is our vision going to be or how are we really going to scale and expand and I think while those were important factors which we had to have thought through to kind of get to where we are now I don't think we spend nearly enough time really thinking through um on a business model level you know the B2C versus B2B focus for example you know like we picked up B2B fairly late um 
and i think that's because we also don't want to spread ourselves too thin and for us b2c organically was something that we felt more passionate about um so again not a regret but i do wish that earlier on we had kind of really zoned in on our business model and been fairly clear about you know uh, the angle of b2c versus b2b that being said you know every entrepreneur i talk to is talking about how like your business model is constantly evolving right um so i think also keeping space to some degree for that flexibility is something that you know we're learning constantly um so i think that would be the one thing that if i could go back in time i would definitely like to change wonderful um thank you so much guys anushka and aviva for being so candid and uh, sharing uh, your views and perspective it was a really pleasure talking to you guys and you guys are doing some amazing work please continue to uh, uh, do that yeah thanks ashish thanks so much for having us and it was so lovely chatting with you yeah and i think ashish one thing i did want to say i mean especially because so many of your listeners are like incredible entrepreneurs or folks that are interested in building um stuff themselves you know the one thing i would definitely say is you know usually we think about mental health care or needing help as something that's a negative right like we think about it as like if you're a self starter if you're enterprising if you're someone that is really excited by scale then you don't need help because so much of your you know job description is just kind of hustling getting stuff done but i actually feel like you know really changing that paradigm to say for sustainable entrepreneurship and for sustainable um business development even you need to care for yourself and so i'd love you know for anyone in your community that's listening to this and that needs that extra nudge to just take a little bit more time for themselves or set up a therapy appointment you know i would 100% encourage that